to the Bible this morning? All right, I'm going to open up by reading to you Luke chapter 5, verse 20, and then we're going to pray and get into it. Luke chapter 5, verse 20 says this. When Jesus saw their faith, would you say their faith? When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. We're going to come back to that scripture in a few minutes. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for its ability to inform our thinking that we would believe and trust you by what you've put down in your word for us. We thank you for your love letter. We thank you, Lord, for the time you've taken to put these things down for us because, Lord, you want us to know you and to hear you today. So, Lord, speak to every single one of us as you speak to all of us. Thank you for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're in this new series called Miracles. And I shared this at the beginning of the year. It's actually a theme for us all year long is this theme of miracles. I thought it was just going to be a a sermon series, but I just believe that God has this theme for us. It's funny. I was talking to a good friend the other day. And he was telling me that the theme for his church this year is supernatural. And I was like, hey, you know, it's kind of like, all right, all right, maybe we're we're listening to the same boss. And he's got that theme for for more than just us this year. Uh, One of the things I did at the beginning of the year is I started a list in my iPhone notes. And um, I just started listing dates of when I started asking for miracles. And I'm I'm, uh, recording when... You know, I'm getting answers to prayer and I'm recording when uh, something doesn't go the way that I prayed, but I'm making a list and I'm expecting a whole lot of miracles this year as I'm praying for them. And as we go into this, I'm going to do a little less preaching than I normally do, and I'm going to do a little bit more teaching over these next few weeks. And the reason is I believe that the Lord wants uh, me to, with his with his word, begin putting in some foundational stones that will help us work and look at this idea of miracles and the supernatural from a really biblical point of view. Um, we're we're going to have moments where there's just going to be such a palpable faith in the room and such a hope in the room that honestly our hearts and minds will go, gosh, I just think anything is possible right now. And it's because we serve a God who anything is possible for our God, right? But we're going to, beyond even just that part of it, we're going to talk about those foundation stones that help put in us this idea of why the supernatural is for us and the world around us today and why it's important. Amen? So we're going to start at the very beginning. Start at the very beginning. Sounds like a song, right? Start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Genesis 1-1. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, see, I told you, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless, and empty. Have you ever thought about that? God created the heavens and the earth in verse 1. It says, and the earth was formless and empty. Wouldn't you think that like, if you were God creating something, you'd be like 0 to 100 like that, right? Like, poof, it's all done. But it actually, he says that it's formless and empty. And then it goes on in these next several verses and talks about the light and the dark and how he separates the sea and the land and all of that. It says, darkness was over the, the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I'm going to jump to verse 26 where it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind 
in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. In Genesis 1, 2, 3, we have the Lord talking about creation. And in verse one, in chapter 1, it's a poetic version of telling exactly what happened in creation, right? Then you go into the next couple chapters, 2 and 3, and it's like telling the same story but in a different point in the room. In Genesis chapter 1, he says male and female, he created him. In Genesis chapter 3, he says, hey, it's Adam and it's Eve, and he's telling this story in creation. And when you begin to kind of weave these stories together and look what's happening, what you see is that God created this universe and this earth, and he put us on it, and he put us on it in a very specific place. In the beginning, he put us in this place called the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden was awesome. I mean, it was like, I don't know, I'm assuming it was like the island paradise kind of place. I don't know actually where it was, but I just know it was amazing, right? And they're in there. Now, a lot of us, we get this idea of, oh, things were so great and things were so perfect. I'm guessing that they were just, you know, lean back in lawn chairs, you know, watching the infinity pool and eating grapes or something. But actually, there was more to it than that. Because there was this mandate or this, this job that he had for humankind. He says, listen, I want you to fill the earth and I want you to subdue it and I want you to rule over it. And what he did is he made this place of the Garden of Eden. He says, you see this? This is kind of like a model that I'd like you to go by. But I want you in your creativity and your imagination and your abilities and your gifts that I've given you. I want you to extend this over the entire planet. Isn't that cool? Now... A lot of us know the story. Adam and Eve, they decided to go their own way and they're outside of the garden and it starts this whole plan of salvation where the Lord is into the long con, if you will. And not really a con, but more of like a long salvation plan where he's like, you know what, I'm going to bring you back to me. And he provides Jesus. But this idea of creating humankind and giving us this authority and ability and this mandate and, and all these gifts so that we might extend his kingdom was in his heart from the beginning. That we would be part of what he is doing. That formless earth and he's like, I want you guys to go and I want you to be part of my team. This is your canvas and I want you to go create and build and do and be. And, and you know, if I were to say it in these kind of terms, it would really connect with you pretty easily. For some of us, we like to like change the furniture around in our house or we like to change the paint or we like to build something outside or we like to plant the flower. All of those are parts of that original thing in us that wants to go out and create and build and do because we were wired for that. Does that make sense to you? But man, what a big project to be able to rule over and extend his kingdom on the earth. You see, as a, as a follower of the Lord, as a believer, you are part of God's team. You are part of his family, and you are part of his kingdom. And this idea of extending his kingdom is something that he puts in our heart. The way that it's, it's said in um, the Lord's Prayer is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. That as teammates, as part of his family, as part of his kingdom, he's like, you know what, I have a will, I have a desire, and I want to see you extend that will and extend that influence in the earth around you. And you see, the kingdom of God, when we use that phrase, really it's anywhere where God's will is being done. Anywhere where his influence is happening. And so if you open up your mouth at work and you say, you know what, at church my crazy preacher did such and such and you know, did, said this thing, you are bringing the influence of a heavenly kingdom here on earth. It's a pretty cool concept, isn't it? But that's part of being part of his kingdom is this idea of extending the influence of his kingdom. And you are already wired for it. You are already equipped. You already have so much of what you need to be his influence and his hands and feet in this world. The reason that I'm sharing this with you this morning, again, is we're working with some building blocks, some foundation stones. And the first building block that we're laying this morning is this concept that you are part of his team extending his kingdom. And his team and his kingdom is not just the flesh and blood, not just the natural, but we serve a God who is a supernatural God with power and authority who does work not just in the natural, but he does supernatural things. And that's what we're part of. And so for his kingdom and for his kids, that's normal operating procedure is everything but normal, but supernatural. And so... As we look at that and we realize, gosh, I'm part of his team, I'm part of his family, I'm part of his kingdom. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. It says this. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. That's a pretty cool saying. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some of the men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus, but they couldn't find a way to do it because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow that speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? But I want, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them all, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Isn't that an understatement? We have seen remarkable things. It's kind of cool. Like, but what's happening is Jesus is having this meeting. And when you look in, I believe it's the book of Mark, where they're talking about the same story. It says that God, Jesus is teaching. And he's sitting there teaching about God, teaching about the kingdom of God and while they're there, the house is just full of people. And these four friends say, you know what? We got this friend who is paralyzed. Let's get our friend to Jesus. Isn't that an amazing thing? 
they, they get them there, and you know, they're carrying them on his mat. And I imagine you know, you got one guy in each corner. They get there, and there's just no way in because the house is packed. You can't get in. And so what do they do? Instead of turning away and going home, they climb up on the roof, begin to dig open the roof. You could do those with, a, with those, those days. Uh, it still, I'm sure, was evasive, but a little different than today. And they are lowering this man. Now, that, now that's commitment, isn't it? Can you imagine sitting in that house that day, and you're like, what, what is what is that? And a man starts being, a man who can't move is being lowered down in front of you. What's really cool about this story is the emphasis. You've got this man who's paralyzed, and he's really important to the story, and yet he's never given a name. We don't know, know his name. But it says that with these four friends, it says that Jesus saw their faith. Isn't that a beautiful picture? A beautiful picture of others bringing somebody they care for to Jesus and believing that Jesus can, t- can touch this man. I love that because it's a picture of what I just talked about in Genesis. This idea that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God has this desire for his children, for his family, and for his kingdom that he wants to extend. And we get to be a part of it. And these men are bringing this guy who they care about to Jesus because they're like, Jesus can change your life. Just a little bit of an aside. Sometimes we feel like we need to be the hero. And actually, you just need to know the hero. And that's Jesus. He's so good at saving people. He's so good at it. I'm not saying that sometimes we don't have to roll up our sleeves and get to work, but I'm saying we've got to remember who the powerful one is and who the worker is, who the miracle worker is, and it's our, our, our God Jesus. Amen? So they bring him, and they bring him down before him, and it's, it's like that mandate in Genesis that says, go out in all of the earth, and it's like that prayer that says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. These folks are saying, you know what? We have a God who heals. Let's get this man to the God who heals. If you, if you get my email or the, the church email that comes out, um, I sent one out Friday, I think it was, and I, I gave you an encouragement. I said, hey, we're about to start our series on miracles. And um, here's a little homework. Find, pray for, ask the Lord to show you someone who needs a miracle that he wants you to pray for. Because we're just going to start in this series with the concept of let's pray for someone else. Let's ask the Lord for their miracle. Now, I've got to warn you, later on I'm going to flip the switch And I'm going to say, the miracles are for you too. But there's something right and something godly about us just kind of having that perspective that says, you know what, he is extending his kingdom and reaching people and touching people with his authority, his miraculous power, his salvation. And there are people that he is reaching, people that he has in his heart. And it's right for us to have a heart for people outside of our own lives. It's just appropriate. Now, for some of us, we can kind of like go one way or the other. It's like, I'm always willing to pray for other people, but then I don't really pray for myself. You need to get over that. That's just bad theology. And it's, it, it's not worth it. it. It can even feel like it's more spiritual. It's not. Cut it out. You need to pray for yourself too and believe for yourself. It's okay. 
But on the other hand, sometimes we can be like all about ourselves and all about our own lives. And like our list of what we pray for, everything has to do with our own little world. And that's not healthy. It's a both and. And so to do the both and, we're kind of starting in our messages with this idea of let's look outside of ourselves and say, where does God's kingdom want to come to? Where is, where is it that his influence wants to touch? Because he's so good at touching people and reaching people. It says that he saw their faith. I just love, I love these four guys. Because it inspires me when I pray. Because I'm like, hey, let's get this person. I've had a few things come my way this week where uh, people had some really serious prayer needs. And I like text a handful of people. I'm like, let's pray. And it was almost like we were getting our mat out. And we were like, hey, we are carrying this person to Jesus. And we're going to make some intercession. We're going to pray and believe God. The reality is I think when we're open to it and when we ask for it and when our hearts will look to others, when we'll slow down and notice who's around us, God will give us assignments. And that's really what my prayer is for all of us. Not that we'll just go out and find stuff, but that we'll go out and have our ears and our hearts and our eyes open to the assignments that the Lord would give us. Because he has people that he's, he already cares about and already loves. And what he wants to do is he wants to drop some of that care and compassion in our hearts. Earlier this, this week, Elizabeth and I, um, she wanted to go see Bob Goff uh, speak. He was in Richmond, and Elizabeth really loves his books, and she likes me to listen to his books, and I like him uh, fine enough. But it was kind of cool to go down and hear him, and he's a super happy dude, really you know, kind of fun-go-lucky guy. and it was, it was fun. We had a good time, and she said, um, and honestly, I went because, well, she wanted to go out on the date to go see Bob Goff. She's so spiritual, isn't she? You take me on a date to go see a Christian speaker. She is such a spiritual person. Anyhow, and then she says, and then I want to go to Shindig's, which is a great dessert place. So she's got a good balance there. So we, um, we went and saw Bog off, and then it was time to go eat cake. And so we went. We invited Andrew because he was downtown at that, that time, and we're sitting down at uh, Shindig's to eat. And this young man walks up, and man, Elizabeth is... She is just, she's having a good night. She got to see Bob Goff, and we got out of there, and we got into shindigs quick. I mean, things are going great. Young man walks up, and she looks at him, and she goes, uh, it reminds me of what her dad used to do all the time. Her dad, if she, he was near a campus of a college, and there was a young waiter, he would go, are you in school? Elizabeth looks at this bright young man and says, are you in school? And he goes, no, you see, I'm not right now. And I'm like, oh. And he's kind of like, I'm like, Oh, she started off with this thing that was supposed to be such a great launching point to encourage this guy, and apparently she has shamed him. So he's like, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta reel this in. I gotta, I gotta help out here, right? And and so I I told him, I said, hey man, that's that's all right. Start talking to him and 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 encourage him, and we start talking about his life. And um, as we're getting to know him, I asked him a few questions. I said, is this where you are in a birth order? He goes, yes. I said, I bet you get along with everyone. He goes, yes. He's like, he thinks I'm a prophet. I'm like, no, I've just been around a lot of people. I know how to prophesy, but this ain't prophesying. And anyhow, so we're talking, and he's starting to get in a curse. I'm like, hey, man, it's okay. I asked him the question. I said, what are you passionate about? And he goes, well, that's the thing. I just don't know what I'm passionate about. And I'm like, it's okay, man. God wired you this way. And it's okay. 
and he's got good things for you. And so we started talking with him and encouraging him, and um, you could just see the life coming into him. And uh, I found out he's you know, got an older sister and a younger sister. I said, I bet they're like just amazing, really great performers. He's like, yes! He's like, so, I said, it's so annoying, isn't it? Yes, it's so annoying, you know? We're encouraging him, encouraging him, and then I looked at him and I said, hey, I said, can we pray for you? He's like, yeah. That would be, yeah. And so I said, can I pray for you right now? He's like, yeah. So we're there in Shindig's right in the window, right as you walk in the door. Y'all, I got to tell you, so many people are willing to receive prayer. So few people in this world will say, do not pray for me. And a lot of people will even let you pray for you in the moment. I would encourage you not to be kooky and weird, but if that's you, go for it. But I think a lot of times you can just pray for somebody, and we just bowed our heads, and we just prayed a blessing over this guy. God, we thank you for him. We thank you that you've designed him with a purpose, and we thank you that you've got a plan for him. And we ask you to bless him and to watch over him and let him be. And we just prayed a real simple, God loves you, he's got a plan for you, keep your head up, man, kind of prayer. He walks away, and, man, he's just, oh, man, he's, he's feeling great. And Elizabeth looks at me, and she goes, you better give him a good tip. I was like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, you, we can't, you know, like, shirk the guy now. Like, we got to, you know, and so I was like, all right, what's that, that higher tip number, right? What's that percent? Oh, my God. Figuring it out. The bill comes, and just something comes over me. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, we need to obnoxiously tip this guy. Like, ridiculous. Like, you know. The bill times X, like, you know, kind of thing. So we wrote a number, and I folded it, and I gave it to him. And I was like, God, I just know you're doing something in this guy's life tonight. You're letting him know that you know him, that you care about him, that he has value and that kind of thing. And so he walks away. Later on, we're finishing up, and we're leaving. And we get up, and this guy goes, hold on, hold on, wait. And he goes and he gets another server. And he says, I want you to take my picture with them. We go outside. We're all posing. Go ahead, um, Ethan, put that picture up. And he's like taking a picture with all of us. And we're just hanging out at Shindig's. All right, you can take it down before somebody remembers his face. Um, I'm going to call him Bob. But in that moment, it was just taking the opportunity. Okay, Ethan. Hey, Ethan, take the picture down, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, so later on that week, I'm having an early breakfast with someone. Man, I felt like I ate out a lot last week. Um, I feel like I ate out a lot last week. <laughs> Lord, let him decrease and not increase. Anyhow, I was having this early morning um, breakfast on Friday and I'm in this place and I'm waiting for someone and I get like the rude treatment. Anybody ever have that? I'm like, oh man, what a bummer. It was rude enough to where like the person brought me my coffee and my water and they like set it down and just walked away. Not a word. I was like, oh, that's how it's going to be. Okay. Okay. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm already like, I'm not coming back. I'm not, you know, I'm like, that's it. You know, I'm done. My person uh, comes, and we're hanging out, we're talking, and God just starts to work on my heart, just work on my heart. And so I started being nice. You ever been nice when you didn't want to be? I wonder if Jesus was ever nice when he didn't want to be. 
probably a good policy, isn't it? Anyhow. And so then this person starts liking us back. And it was one of these folks, a very strong, I love a strong waiter or waitress. She's got, we'll call her Alice. Alice comes, she's got this strong, she starts telling us this story about how this guy tried to pick her up in a bar and all these rude things she said to him and all these nasty things he said to her and how she handled it. And she was going, it was like escalating. And then I said, and then he said, and she's telling her like, you have no idea who I am. And, uh. And and then when it was over, she just walked away. And I thought, and I realized in that moment, Lord, help me see. This is her way of controlling the relationship. That I like you, but I'm not letting you in. And so we keep talking. And then a, another story here and another story there. But I realized she was really starting to to like us, to warm up to us. So later on, I just kind of went in for the jugular, if you will. And I, I led with, I said, hey, I'm a pastor out in Goochland. Is there anything I can pray for you for? I'm going to tell you, like the timing was not elegant. There was no good transition, like the music didn't change or anything. Like there was, there was nothing elegant about it. I just tried not to say it weird. I just said it. She sat down. She put her head down and she thought and she lifted her head. She goes, I have three kids and ten grandkids and my son... Um, his his six-year-old boy died a year ago on Tuesday. Would you pray for him? Just like that. Can I tell you, I think that the place that miracles start is there, of caring for other people. The beautiful thing about Jesus and the beautiful thing about the supernatural power and, and his will to heal and his will to bring deliverance and freedom into people's lives, his will to give them life and life more abundantly, I think it all starts from a place of him caring. He's not just trying to show off that he's the God of the universe and capable of anything. He's actually trying to show off his heart that he loves people and even people who will turn from him, he will go and pursue them and pursue them. And pursue them. We we prayed for her, and it was funny because when we got up to leave, the person I was with, she went over to him, the big tall guy, gave him a big hug, and I just thought, she's responding to God right now. She's responding to being loved, and I was like, man, I'm gonna have to come back here for breakfast. And I'm gonna have to just, and I was like, man, I was I was out, I was out, I was done. And now I'm like, now I need to go back because of the person. Because God cares about people. I'm telling you stories about, about strangers. Um, we have strangers in our lives, and then we have people in our lives. Plenty of people who need a miracle. But it starts with love, and it starts with this place of knowing that, do you know, you are on God's team. And you are part of his kingdom. And it's actually his plan for you to be his hands and feet. And for you to be who is made in his image. And who goes out and says, you know what? Your kingdom as it is in heaven. I want to see it here on earth. Not just to make my own kingdom. And not just to make my life better. But I want to see your kingdom established. Because I already have so much. I already know you. And I know that you have more for me. And I'm good with the fact that you have more for me. But you have bread for people who have no bread. You have healing for people who've never known healing. You have hope for people who don't know hope. And and it starts with a caring 
for those other folks. One of the things I love about our Jesus when I look in Scripture is he was driven and he was motivated by compassion. He loved people sincerely. And y'all, we are in a place where there are people all around our lives. There's people all around us. And I just want to encourage you, just like I did in that email, would you just open up your eyes and open up your heart and say, God, give me an assignment. Give me someone to love. Give me someone to pray for. Give me someone to believe for. Give me someone that, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I can't be their solution, but you can be their solution. And help me to know the right boundaries because you're the heavy lifter in this. And I'm just the one who comes and I'm like an emissary. I'm here for you and I'm here to represent you and I'm here to represent your kingdom. But I serve a supernatural God, a God who has power and a God who has authority and a God who cares. And I'm going to listen to you and read your word and know what's in your heart. And I'm going to speak after you. In both of those stories like that I shared with you this morning, there was no rocket science to it. It was just caring. Even Elizabeth starting off the conversation and, and unbeknownst to her shaming the poor guy, she just cared. She was just excited. Hey, are you a student? She just wanted to, to encourage him. And God opened up a door for us to encourage. Ask the Lord for some assignments. Ask the Lord to put his love in your heart. Because I want you to know, like, from the very beginning, his plan was, was for you to be part of his team, executing his will and his heart here on this earth. And it's a real privilege. And it's a lot of fun to see what God will do when we come before him and we say, God, what's in your heart? What do you want to do? And I think as a congregation, let's start with some others. We're going we're gonna to flip the script. We're going to flip the switch. We're going we're gonna to ask for the miracles that we need in our lives as well. But let's start with, man, we are so rich to be part of this amazing kingdom. Let's love some other people and let them encounter a supernatural God who cares for them. Amen. Would you stand with me?